This is a Her Camera podcast brought to you by Newcast. Hello and welcome to The Canberrans. We're a show and a podcast brought to you by the teams at Her Canberra and Newcast Studios. We're all about Canberra, the city, where it is now and where it needs to go in the future. And we're talking to some of the city's most interesting people. Today, I've got Kath Ingram, who is the chair of KPMG's Canberra office. Welcome, Kath. Hello. How are you? Thank you for <laughs> having me. Well, we're excited to uh, hear Great. from you. Now, you have got an interesting story about your very first connection to Canberra. I have. So I am British by heritage and in the 1970s uh, it was was, uh, very popular for many POMs to come out to Canberra and uh, interestingly my father got a role as the head of economics at what is now University Canberra and he came because he felt like the sky was falling on him in England. He felt it was too grey and he was searching blue sky, new horizons. And mum came as well, of course, and my brother, and we set up in Belconnen. Mum wasn't working, she was a homemaker, but she saw quite early on that there was a need for women being empowered, as she had done in the UK, and she helped set up uh, Canberra's Family Planning Association here, first as a volunteer. So very much that connection to Canberra, it was very raw in the 70s. I had left a village in England which was green, and we ended up in the suburbs of Belconnen with red earth, blue sky and roads, and I wondered what we'd come to. Interesting introduction. Now, uh, you went to the what is now the University of Canberra, then the CCAE, yeah. to study accounting. What drew you into that field? Uh, well, actually, I went to be a teacher and okay. my father was teaching there. And I remember him bringing home the, the, the graduate sort of book from yeah. the year before. And he made me count how many pages of teachers are there graduating. And back in the 80s, there were like 15 pages of names. And he said, how many accounting people are graduating? And I said, one page. And he said, where do you think the jobs are going to be? So I actually wanted to be a teacher, but ended up studying commerce. And I always had in my mind, I was going to go to Perth and work as an accountant at a mining firm. And uh, so that's how I fell into accounting, literally a conversation with dad in the car park, in the car as I was enrolling. But you you had to get through the degree. You obviously found it stimulating. Yeah, I um, I was not great at maths at school. I think I was a solid C student yeah. in maths, but I like the patterns in numbers. And what I actually found, though, in uh, commerce, it's a lot about talking to people mm-hmm. and working out problems in numbers. So that's how I started. Um, and... Um, yeah, it was it was pioneering. It was great fun, and uh, I, I, it served me well. Let's say that. I dare say you would have been in the minority as a as a female um, undergrad in that yes, course. Yes, I yeah. was. Uh, there actually, it's funny you say that because I arrived at the refectory, which was wonderful institution at UC, and ended up sitting with a bunch of guys who all became my friends yeah. and still are to this day. Uh, property developers, partners in other firms. One went back to farming. And I must admit, I think that helped set the tone for me 
working with the blokes and the men. I've never had a problem because I went through university and always enjoyed their camaraderie and friendship Mm. and they treated me as an equal. And did you go to KPMG from university? Well, I did and I've been reflecting on this too. This was the 80s and you didn't have to worry about a job. I had five job offers. It sounds really arrogant. Mm. I don't think I was particularly professional in preparing for an interview. (laughs) And you got to choose. And the 80s, it was optimistic. You know, nothing, there were no barriers. And I really feel during this COVID time for the kids graduating now where there's risks, you know, not getting a job. People aren't recruiting as many grads. Um, So, I, you know, I I sort of look back now and go, how lucky was I? The late 80s were pretty grim. The recession we had to have. Yeah, it was, but I, 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 that probably felt like a speed bump here in Canberra. Yeah. It didn't really have that deep sort of impact. So that's how I got into accounting. And my interview, I had to, the lady asked the question, how do you cook a steak at the pub I was working in? So they were more interested in the person than the what you did or what grades you got. So mm. anyway. Now you've had a very long and auspicious career mm-hmm. at KPMG. You obviously chose the right company. Um, and you are now heading up the yeah. uh, the federal government um, team. How has the job changed in the um, – how many years have you been there? Uh, 30 years. I, I tell everyone I was 12 when I joined because <laughs> how can I possibly be that old? And I never planned to stay. Yeah. You know, I joined and probably like many people even today, I'm going to get that on my CV, I'm going to travel the world, I'm going and to And hop to things. the next thing, yeah. Um, and back then you didn't have – good career counselling. So I applied for jobs all the time. And my husband would say, but what are you looking for? And and it took me quite a while to go, what am I looking for? So even in the 80s, it was, um, you know, the era of the long lunch. The partners would often... I miss that era. I know. But <laughs> as a young graduate, when you're looking around for your leader and it's like, oh, Mr. So-and-so still at lunch and it's three o'clock and you go, oh, but I've got a client <laughs> coming and I have to get something signed. Well, those days are well and truly yeah. over. But I think even if I look back, that taught me to be resilient and to be able to take initiative And it was a very traditional practice of tax and accounting, but then the government started uh, small outsourcing of Mm -hmm. work. And so by virtue of that, uh, I participated in writing RFQs and started working with the government. And uh, that sort of continued for some 25 years And, and an incredible privilege, can I say. Yeah. And no plans to leave. Oh, no plans to leave. Um, There is always plans about your chapters of life. So I'm certainly thinking about what my next chapter is. I think the thing in partnership, it's a very unique structure and it's about legacy. Mm -hmm. And the idea is you leave something better behind for the next generation as when you came in. And I'm sort of enjoying this period at the moment where, uh, you know, very collectively with my wonderful partners, we're looking at who the next generation of leaders are, who's coming through. So it's a really nice special time at the moment in planning that. Yeah. And you're quite... um quite dedicated to mentoring, um, to looking at um, women particularly, making sure that they're feeling supported. How would you describe the firm's sort of gender balance in the time that you've been there? Um, It's it's 
interesting. We have just celebrated in our partnership hitting 30% that's of, great. Uh, of, of Still women. a ways to go. It is, exactly. Yeah. You think that's a celebration. Uh, we probably are about 50-50 in the firm. Yeah, but it's the senior leadership. But it is the senior leadership about how women... I was chatting to someone in our firm this week and, you know, she's an incredibly engaged, capable woman and really her question for me was, can I take some time off, have a baby and come back? And I think we're getting much better as a society at having Managing conversations yeah. to give people permission and to give them their voice. What do you think are the talents that you've had that have allowed you to actually lead uh, the, the oh, talents. company in Canberra? Well, I think you, I'd like to think humility because if you think you know everything, uh, that is setting you up for failure. Mm. And so the in, the ability to go, I don't know what I'm doing or I need some help and our culture is really collaborative and supportive. Um, there have been some pretty dark times. In a career of 30 years, you've, you've looked at different forms of death in the face in a business setting and I've yeah. always had the support. So I think putting your hand up and saying, I don't know how to do this, I need some help, Mm -hmm. um, not being afraid to do that, um, being adaptable. So what I was 30 years ago is totally different to what I am now. And nobody gives you permission to say, hey, Kath, it's okay to modify, adapt and change. You've got to be intuitive enough to do that. Um, and I think being good with people, and my husband would say, being a prolific talker. So I like to communicate, <laughs> but you've got to communicate, deal with people and probably learn how to deal with adversity because yeah. there will be something that doesn't go well and how you bounce back, how you deal with that. Um, so you don't, as a woman, take it personally. That's been a life lesson mm. of learning not to take it to heart. It. Yeah. yeah. And have you ever had to um, really address um, sexism, discrimination within? <laughs> Do you know I haven't, but the times it's popped up, the only reason I laugh is I'm asked that question often mm. and when I was um, uh, uh, first appointed as a partner and even back then I was probably the first or second female in the firm um, and I went to the partners conference at the Gold Coast and this woman who was the wife of the then chairman came up and said, are you one of the lovely young girls helping organise the conference? Yeah. So often I found it more from other women. Mm. I have been either blessed or I've just struck gold but so many good men have mentored, sponsored and taken an interest in me. So, and maybe I'm pretty feisty, so I would never let sexism stand in the way. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've probably forged my own path, but I haven't been subject to it. So, yeah. 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 I, now, let's talk about Canberra. You've got a yes. very um, intimate knowledge of the public sector because yes. that's been your area of expertise. Let's talk about how, how Canberra's been defined as a public service town and whether we've really managed to throw off the shackles of that whole mm. brand cardigan yes. reputation. Um, I mean, obviously the public service is the reason Canberra exists mm. and the reason that we are, you know, a very privileged um, city. Yes. But um, when, is it, when has it been problematic, do you think? Oh, um, I, I actually have taken a very different sort of path that the public sector is something very unique very capable, very talented. And very professional. It is incredibly mm. professional. 
And we, like, for example, we've had the privilege um, as a firm, not myself, but a team who worked alongside Services Australia to help um, establish part of the job seeker um, sort of program. Mm -hmm. And to see the hours that the public servants worked, yeah. their resilience, their dedication to getting an outcome for Australians, um, when you look at it through that lens, it is a very special institution. And I'm probably, I more defend the public sector to say, I wish we could celebrate it more mm. and show the skills and the diversity and alike. So rather than try and... Um, you know, shun it or uh, I'm more about how do we celebrate it? How do we celebrate it though? Because if you well, go, if yeah. you go outside of Canberra, oh. yeah, it, it, it's not it's seen true. as a... If um, I'm on holiday at the Gold Coast yeah. and they'll say, where are you from? And you say Canberra, there is that stigma. I, I think the public sector itself has to lean into this a little more, like to actually profile what is being a public servant and to celebrate more that there's mm. a real restraint because they're so focused on the outcome for citizens and so it's it's and they're so um, um, conscious of the role of the minister and the role of good government but I think it's okay to put themselves first and to show it's a valid profession and to really celebrate those achievements so mm. we we are in our own way trying to help do that for the APS, um, but yeah. I'm about it's a public sector ecosystem and it has to be broader than Canberra too. Hmm. I feel that perhaps um, there's just a lack of understanding Correct. of what it is. Yeah, it is. As, it is. as the child of um, the proud child of two um, ah, former public there service, we are. See, um, yeah, workers who work very hard. Yeah, yeah. I do think there's um, generally um, one blanket. Um, yeah, it's going to change a lot, though. I think, like most organisations, either as a result of COVID, we're all having to learn how to organise ourselves lead. And I think over the next five years, we're going to see tremendous shifts in the public sector about the type of skills they recruit, how they work. So it's going to be a really exciting time mm. to be in the public sector and for us to work for them and with them. So And a busy time. Yes, yes. <laughs> we're building the nation. The Canberrans video series and podcast is produced at the Lonsdale Street Studio, Canberra's only dedicated studio space for video production, photography and podcasting. Bookings are available online at lonsdalestreetstudio.com or by calling 61714144. about um, Canberra specifically, mm. what is it that you um, love about living here? What do I love? I love, probably like my father taught me, the blue sky. Um, yeah. You know, my daughter's... The bluest in, of blue the skies. The bluest of blue have. sky. Yeah. You know, glorious. Um, the fact we're surrounded by nature. I mean, how beautiful were the mountains with the snow? And um, so I love the fact that we're grounded in the earth, I guess I call it, and mm. nature. I love that we have a highly intellectual town. And I'm not sure, again, we celebrate that enough, but we have some of the best intellect in this town. And I also love that we... 
um, have a built form here which is sympathetic to our environment. Mm. So they're the things I love. It's safe, it's clean, and often as a woman I say I couldn't have done what I've done in KPMG if I was in Sydney or Melbourne. Yeah. I was able to go back to school, drop the kids off, you know, sort of tear back to work. Yeah. So there's a proximity here which is easy to live. So mm. I always remember interviewing Kim Beasley and he said Canberra was a quiet city of the mind. Oh. And that always stuck with me as a yeah. really succinct yeah. way to describe exactly. um, our residents. And certainly it's a pleasure being a journalist in this city because mm. people are extremely well informed and, um, you know, uh, discerning they in, are. in the they information. Are. So that's what I love, in. yeah. Yeah. What do you hate about it? Oh, I probably feel that because of that restraint that the public sector, because of its values and its act, has to display, that that yeah. permeates our community a little. It's a really good connection to make. Yeah, and I would something. like to see us have then a little more edge, mm. you know, a little more sort of um, big C Canberra. Mm. I think we're little C Canberra. Yeah. And um, that combined with this restraint. So that's probably, you know, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to think we're this destination that, you know, people want to come to. How do we get to big C Canberra, though, mm. while we are? I mean, we have had a, a change in ratios of mm. um, government sector workforce to, you know, small enterprises and lots of, you know, startups and yeah. interesting businesses. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's only going to grow. But how do we speed up? Um, yeah, I, I think we're taking all the steps. Like I was reading the article, I, I hadn't missed the announcement, but I think it's a great uh, thing that um, uh, um, Chief Minister Barr is talking about with data and data centres and setting that up. And I think that's what we've got to get some diversity of leveraging some of this skill to actually bring different people But in. data is not really going to... I mean, coffee sells well, and but, the, but the art people, gallery sells. And, but the people who are in those might be... Oh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to channel San Francisco here. Yeah. But it, it will bring a different calibre, nature of people so mm. and a different industry sort of focus. Um, maybe it brings, you know, uh, more gamers or something like that. But a little bit more of that diversity. I'd love us to see, building on your, your comment about, you know, the big conversations and the intellect, um, a, a festival that celebrates big ideas. You know, we've got so many big brains in this town and we could really have, you know, I'd love to have our own version of Dark FOMO or something like yeah, that yeah. that puts us on the map to celebrate this intellect and really and, and big ideas and we've got the embassies and you've got, so how can we bring all of that together mm. to give us this sort of edge? Mm. Canberra, big C Canberra with an edge. What sort of legacy um, programs do you think the government really needs to look at? If I mean, when you say have yeah. the big events, that would necessitate us having a big convention centre or a yeah. big, you know, a stadium where, you know, conceivably we could get the big bands and exactly. the big love it. How do we? Can you talk to someone? <laughs> I I I. I really think, oh, look, uh, we could do the business case today. In fact, I think it's probably already been done by the yeah. government. But when I look at, you know, probably like many Canberrans, I've had the privilege to travel around the world. And you think about what cities have I loved. And if you've ever been to Cardiff and, and, and the Millennial Stadium, which is literally, 
you know, 20 paces from the centre of the city and you get this energy and Welsh walking towards the stadium, a true celebration. I think we deserve a stadium which is not just a stadium with a capital of Australia. It needs to be iconic. Mm. I think I'd love to see it on the lake. Maybe it's in the lake. You know, we turn our back on the lake because of the legacy of the Griffin Plan, which I respect, but we need some to make it not just a stadium, it's got to be iconic. Mm. And perhaps also how we use it, maybe it is built around uh, wellness. So maybe there is specialists and others, so it's not just a stadium. Mm. It embraces Canberra's well-being and it's an ongoing sort of event where you've got uh, we've got a lot of high-performance sport, perhaps specialists and things are based there. Mm. So, um, yeah, building a stadium in the lake, iconic, that is as in famous. The lake. It's an interesting, I've heard on the lake, but no. in the lake is a well, whole partially. new. partially. It lets make it like the Opera House, something that is so spectacular. Yeah. And then uh, I agree totally to get a convention centre we are the capital and we should be able to bring the best of the world, the best of Australia here to celebrate the city and contribute to this, you know, big conversations. So that when we see CNN, we see yes. Canberra yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm so tired of travelling and watching the weather and Canberra doesn't even make it to the world weather on CNN or it does make it to the BBC, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think all of that and that vitalises then um, events. Uh, you know, I was thinking back again to the 80s. Um, I got to saw In Excess in Belconnen growing I up. was there. I held Michael Hutchins' hand. Oh, I swear gosh. to God it was a defining moment <laughs> of my life. <gasps> yes, Guy Hooks um, and ACDC came yes, to Gin and yes. High School. Yeah. I yeah. didn't really know who they were, but we went into the gym and there are all these little Angus hats on the floor. Yeah. And uh, so how do we have it that we are this vibrant place of celebration and voice? Mm. Do you think um, Canberra's political makeup maybe? I always feel that we're a little bit blighted because we are definitely a progressive Labor town. Mm. So I feel that mm. Liberal governments think there's really no point and Labor governments think, well, we don't really have to court yeah. them because they're... I think maybe we need well, to be a little bit more demanding as constituents. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, we've not been on the ledger, um, positive side of the ledger, receiving sort yeah. of grants or electoral promises. And uh, I'm not a student of why that is, but I wouldn't disagree with your observations. And I, uh, it's this ch- challenge for us being Canberra the community and Canberra the capital mm. and having sort of two governing bodies in a way, you know, you've got the parliamentary triangle and then yeah. you've got the, the sort yeah, of local legislative assembly. Yeah. I think it's a bit tougher for us, but um, w- look, we, n- we need this sort of infrastructure to put us on the map as a, as a nation and as a capital. Mm. Now, one uh, other thing I wanted to ask you about was yeah. you're a lover of the 80s. You clearly yes. love music. <laughs> yes. Um, welcome to the club. Oh, great. Um, great. There's only a few of us really yeah. in that 80s bandwagon, yeah. but, you know, I'll be there till the day I die. Um, your daughter is a muso oh, and yet yes. she had to leave Canberra because of the lack yeah. of opportunities. Yeah. Does that 
I mean, you've lost a daughter to Melbourne. Oh, well, who doesn't love Melbourne? Look, it it is sad that Canberra probably only has now two live music Mm. venues. And if anybody's not had the opportunity to go to Smith's Bookshop, it is a pretty quirky, intimate place. But you can see some amazing uh, music there. And then there is the other place, which used to be a Chinese restaurant at Belconnen, but is also uh, a venue now. Um, and yeah, it, we need to find our soul in this town with the arts Mm. more generally. Um, and I think live music has to be a part of that. So yeah, my daughter has gone to Melbourne, Canberra's still home, but Melbourne is her tribe and Mm. she describes the support the government provides to new and emerging artists, grant programs. It's certainly part of their DNA. I guess I would love to see that here in Canberra. We're a pretty talented town. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, um, I won't keep you too much longer, but I had a few extra questions. What do you love to do on a weekend? I presume that your working hours are pretty fraught and while while you're at work, it's, you know, it's all or nothing. When there's downtime, where where will we find you? Where would you find me? You know, somebody asked that question once on an aeroplane. Um, uh, no, and also my daughter had asked a question once. Um, what well, I thought she said, "What do you do?" And I was like, "How do you know what do I do?" And and she actually had said, "Why do you do it?" And I couldn't answer that question. And the guy on a plane said, "How do you relax?" And I couldn't answer that. So it's a bit of a journey because I do love what I do. Mm. But if I'm relaxing, um, I have a legato romanalo, a mad Italian water dog and a G train <laughs> who is George, the world's largest golden retriever. So I love to enjoy our outdoor walks. They're water dogs. I love swimming. Um, I love uh, cooking. I love wine. Um, maybe COVID's taught me to be grounded with friends mm. and home um, on that side. I have a family who are passionate about sport, so rugby union. I get to watch more than enough golf, uh, but I love a good golf course. So that's probably how I relax. I joined a book club this year, which is fascinating. Are you liking any of the books? Um, I am. I am. And you're going to ask me which one do I love the best. My name is Lucy Barton. Really got me thinking because I've got to read it again. I think there's a parallel story there, but I'm loving diverse women Mm. and um, reading something other than board reports and expanding my mindset. So, yeah. 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 Movies. I was on the Canberra International Film Festival, so I love movies, anything like that, Mm. the arts. Yeah. So really COVID has been a chance for you to just slow down a little bit? Uh, Yes, it has. It has. I think like all of us, COVID, you know, I've always heard the word mindfulness um, it has made us all more mindful. Do you, you know? feel that we're lucky in Canberra? That we I do. That A, we've got no active cases at the moment. Yeah. We've had a relatively um, yeah. safe passage through a global pandemic. But also, um, you know, when you read the news about the impending financial crisis that's going to hit mm. the world and it's going to hit Australia, you, you do feel that Canberra's and you this would very much be part of your work scope, that <laughs> we are, we're insulated Well, I do. I have said to some of my interstate colleagues, oh, my gosh, we've got to celebrate that Canberra is a bubble. And, you know, for years, actually, I used to deny that. Mm. And um, the sad thing for us in Canberra is it's really important, though, 
to get out of our town or and to, to connect, connect to the rest of the exactly. nation. Exactly. Yeah. But in a health, safety, well-being, um, I feel slightly guilty Survivor's that we're in guilt. this unique yeah. situation. So I think yeah. a lot of us feel the same. Yeah. 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 Fingers crossed we stay safe. Absolutely. And that the rest of the country and the Absolutely. rest of the world gets yeah. through it. Yeah. 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 Mm. Alrighty, thank you so much for being here. I could talk for hours to you. I feel like <laughs> I we're good friends. Too. Thank you so too. much for your time. <laughs> You're welcome. And, a, and can I compliment you on a great initiative? Thank I you. I think to hear these Canberra stories goes to part of our culture. So um, I think it's a wonderful thing you're doing. Thank good you. On you. Cheers. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that this series was recorded on, the Nunwal people. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge their continuing culture and the contribution they make to the life of this city and region. The Canberrans is a collaboration between Her Canberra, Newcast, Lonsdale Street Studio and Salon Canberra.